Hi, this is your host, Katie. I am here with three interviewers to um, interview them on sexual exploitation, drugs, and running away. They are part of the street outreach uh, team, and it's at the Center of Youth. So if you guys want to introduce yourselves, tell me a little bit about what you guys do. Okay. Um, so, hi, my name is Fallon. I'm the Safe Harbor Advocate, a part of the street outreach team here at Center for Youth. Oh, sorry. Hi, I'm LaFonna <laughs> Figueroa. I'm a street outreach specialist, too. Hezekiah, um, intern for the Center for Youth, street outreach. Thank you guys for being here. Um, so the first question I want to ask you is, do you believe there's a relationship between drugs and running away that land them into being sexually exploited? Yes, I do. I feel like some kids, um, a lot of these people, like in the tense of dealing drugs and stuff like that, maybe some of these people, they're like, you know, to the younger girls, especially like New York City, I'll take care of you if you just do this one little thing for me. And it becomes a habit, it becomes a pattern, and later on it just develops until they get older, you know? That's just my opinion, short opinion. <laughs> in a sense, I feel like sometimes in certain cases it boils down to manipulation, you know, because if something like a drug, I feel like is a need for somebody, I can't kind of get easily manipulated if, hey, do this, you know, yeah. kind of kind of a thing. So I think that's kind of some cases. Yeah. I think it's a situation where people are playing on someone else's vulnerabilities. So be it if they're experiencing homelessness, if they're having health issues, if it's, you know, familial things where they just need support. Um, And especially sometimes if they don't even know what kind of support they need, but if someone is willing to offer some sort of assistance, love, family, whatever, what have you, I think people that are in those vulnerable situations are more open to that because they probably feel like, what else do I have to lose? And unfortunately, within accepting that kind of, assumed help you fall into traps of being exploited and um exposed to drugs alcohol or other things that probably initially was not the plan at all but in order to maintain your safety stability that you think this is a part of that process yeah um is there a common factor like in their childhood that leads them to run away use drugs and or be sexually exploited not all the time um, but sometimes, yes. Um, I think when you grow up in a harsh environment or when you have family trauma, um, I think, again, very vulnerable situations it exposes you to different alternatives, and that could be drugs and alcohol. But there are also some people that just have their own personality traits where they're intrigued by certain things, and then they're exposed to drugs and alcohol in their own by their own curiosity. Um, so I think it's always case by case, um, but it, it definitely has a linkage for sure. I say agree with the same answer, kind of. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Is there a correlation between the behaviors of children who have been ex- sexually exploited and those who use or sell drugs? Um, Is there a correlation between the behaviors of children who have been sexually exploited and those who use or sell drugs? Yeah. I feel like it depends on the individual. Yes. More so. You want to expound how so? 
because you know me I'm, I'm just now you know getting into this type of stuff so i don't want to make it seem like i know the answers but you know from what i experienced you know from what's been around me growing up you know i'm still kind of young but you know you witness a lot um it could it just really i just feel like it depends on the individual and how vulnerable they is to want or need something you know and i feel like they'll go through what they got to do to get that need and to them it's a need sometimes it's a want like I say it, it depends it varies I feel like I think um, my perspective I agree um, I think just to piggyback off of that a lot of times they do share risk factors some of it can be if they're malnourished they're not eating well if they're not sleeping well sometimes it can be um, if they're being exposed to trap houses and just people that are involved in that I think there's times where if you notice some a youth can be pretty um, agitated or maybe irritable. It could also be it could also be a risk factor if they notice that they're very meek, shy, kind of very closed off, um, even in just normal standard situations. Um, I think if they are, especially with youth that are being trafficked, a big risk factor is definitely if they have an older partner. And not older in essence of like maybe a year or two, but more like a 14-year-old who has a 20-year-old boyfriend. Like that's a major gap, right? Like, um, and just kind of even sometimes their behavior. So if you're noticing that they're doing things that are out, maybe not their norm of what you know about them. So if they, if you know, if you have a kid who's naturally athletic and outgoing and all of a sudden they're very reserved and chill they don't want to go outside they don't want to play the sport they love all those things that are very much unlike them could be also indicators of something that's going on um and then also just i think for youth that are experiencing um drug dependency i'll I'll say that um i think also their hygiene could be a major thing um if they're not if they're not if they don't have access to clean water, clothes, like I said, food, shelter, that's the same thing that happens a lot of times with youth that are being trafficked as well. That makes sense. Um, you might have already answered this question, but like, what do you think makes them vulnerable to traffickers? Like, resources. Being, I feel like you know, piggybacking what you just said. If someone's offering you resources, they're gonna. 9 out of 10 go because it sounds like you're trying to help them not you know kids are vulnerable sometimes naive they don't know any better still developing <laughs> yes um, yeah absolutely and I think just also with Kwana is very much I think a lot of times a big thing that I notice for youth is when they're struggling at home whether it be they have relationship struggles with their parents or their guardian with their family it could be internal struggles um and so when you're dealing with that all the time and you don't have an outlet you don't have a person that can help you deal with that trauma and those things and the only person or idea of some sort of support is to be trafficked and not always our kids knowingly being trafficked like there's a lot of times where they're just exposed casually like you meet somebody like a friend but then you don't realize the friend is actually like in a ring and now you're being recruited to be a part of this ring not knowing you're even this is even happening to you right so i think it like we all touched on it's it's really about 
their vulnerabilities and then being exploited based off of those vulnerabilities. Yeah. Do you see or deal with more gang-controlled, pimp-controlled, familial, or buyer-perpetrator trafficking? It's the whole kit and caboodle, I'm going to be honest. But it is also very case-by-case. There are some youth that are exposed by family members, exploited by family members. There are some youth who connect with who have who have pimps like let's just be real they do have pimps or they're they are connected with other pimps they have friends who have a pimp um there are kids who are being exploited by pushing drugs for family members or extended friends and family um some youth who don't have any family at all or usually can find some kind of connection to a gang because essentially a gang is a family whether people want to acknowledge that or not it is a family is it our picket fence you know blue collar job vacations and all of that kind of idea of family no but the support the love the food the shelter it is there is it Mm -hmm. ideal no but for a lot of kids if they can just get those bare minimums for to sustain life they're going to go where they need to go. And if you have people here that are willing to love love on you and support you, granted, and as a grown person, as a person who's able to see outside of that, it's very skewed, right? You're like, nah, fuck that. You should not be in that situation. But who are we to tell somebody who is who is down, on, down and out, who has no one, who has nothing? Who are we to tell them how to find support, how to find family, how to find love, how to find, you know, all of the things that keep us human? And it's and it's weird, but it's it it is their truth. So a lot of times, I think that's also sometimes what makes kids or people in general reluctant to seek support because when you're coming in with that type of experience, of course, more times than not, you're gonna hear people be like, "You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't be in that. You gotta get out of that." But it's like, okay, get out of it to go where though? Get out of it to go to who? How? <laughs> like, I feel like it just boils down to the simple old saying, like, if you don't got it, then you're going to go seek it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, in a sense, kind of self-explanatory, but it's yeah. not an excuse, you know what I'm saying? But, again, it's also, it's very much, if you're not in the community, yeah. or even around, have, have had the experience to be around folks who've had that experience, you don't understand, or honestly, have the emotional or mental capacity to to be there with them like to really sit with them like okay i get it now i understand granted yeah you don't like it for them you want different for them but again who are we to tell somebody how to protect themselves if they don't have the resources and the tools to do that and what we deem as properly yeah that makes total sense um what are the common drugs runaways are using um, meth, I mean, weed, if you want to, I mean, it's a drug, but yeah, cocaine. Percocet is a big thing. Yeah. Um, Xanax. Yeah. Honestly, they just, lean. yep, that too. Sometimes they just, um, they mouth it is what we call it, the jail. They sometimes will mouth like ibuprofen, crush them, sniff those up. Mm-hmm. I, really, it can be anything from a drugstore drug to something off the street. Anything yeah. should be used, honestly. Do you guys see a lot of, like, fentanyl and, like, heroin or not no. as commonly? No, for for us here at the center, we're, we're no, low barrier. So if we have youth who need that kind of support, who have drug dependencies and where they need more, like, clinical support, we usually refer them out. 
to a different agency that is meant to do that and really can able to support them and assess and access them in a way that we can. Um, so usually if we have a youth that is struggling that way, like I said, we'll support them still. We still offer our own counseling services. They can always still come here if they need food, a food bag, clothes, maybe if we can support in assisting them finding shelter. But as far as real chemical dependencies, we try to refer them out to more, um, not that we're not certified, but certified um, clinicians and, and mental health services for, for those things. Mm, do you notice like there's more common drugs runaways are transporting or is it all basically the same as you guys stated before i feel like in our community is definitely them smoking or selling weed as the easiest thing um or the uh, not easy but most accessible but even that's kind of getting dangerous because that's getting laced with fentanyl and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff so it's like you know the class one drug that really yeah. isn't a big deal is kind of and um big deal. k2 <laughs> Yo, they're yeah. still making K2. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just synthetic. The same lace weed in the sense, mm-hmm. really. You want to be technical. It's just synthetic. But yeah. what's the real difference if it got the same long-term effects? Yeah. Right. You up. But I honestly feel like, too, for the youth that are struggling like that with real, with harsher chemical dependencies, I'll say, I don't think they realize they can come here for support. Like, you know how some people feel like for maybe milder things, they'll access us. But, like, mm-hmm. for those heavier kind of stuff they have to deal with they usually don't access us and it's not so much that we're not willing to support them i think it's again we're low barrier but also it was still we would just still further refer them out um but i think a lot of times more times than not you're dealing with kids that are getting drugs that are more easily accessible so be it like weed shrooms um some kids have tried acid before and you know kind of like party drugs so things like that um i personally haven't encountered any youth that have chemical dependencies like on heroin and fentanyl and like those really like heavy hitters meth i haven't i haven't experienced that but that's not to say we haven't serviced youth who've had you know have struggles with that right do you feel like they're running away from their own home, foster care, or group homes, or is it all kind of the same? Yes. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> Pretty simple. Mm-hmm. What are the statistics for them to go back out on the streets again and be sexually exploited? Mm. Um, well, with youth homelessness, well, youth homelessness is usually one in four. Um, and a good chunk of them are usually between the ages of 12 and se- 17, which is what we normally service yeah. anyway. Um, but usually it's between 12 and 17. Usually one in four are dealing with homelessness um, or just housing instability. So that could also be if they live with a parent, but if their parent is struggling financially where they're getting evicted or if they're being placed in shelters as a family unit versus the child just running away. Um, there's there's a plet- there's plethora of reasons why, but um, there's definitely a lot of runaway homeless youth more often than you think. I think sometimes it feels skewed when you have children who are in those situations but they still attend school. Because our assumption is if you're coming to school, you must be going home as well. 
but honestly as a lot of times it's not they come to school because they know that they'll get love and support sometimes they that's the only meal that they'll get um and then once school is over they're kind of just hanging around in the street walking around maybe trying to eat trying to find somewhere to just chill rest their feet you know right. um so yes it's, it's definitely way more prevalent than people think it is new york's new york i think we're the number two in the country for homeless youth um the last statistic i saw was 2022 we had over 92,000 youth um that were runaway homeless youth that is bizarre mm-hmm. amongst the whole state yeah Mm-hmm. That is crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are the long-term effects slash trauma after a child has been sexually exploited? I feel like off-road PTSD. Any sign in particular that could trigger them back to that particular event, they're going to go off. Yeah. Depending on the person, that will determine how they go off, but regardless, it's never good. Yeah, definitely PTSD. Um, I think sometimes youth also just struggle forming genuine relationships with people especially if they've been exploited multiple times by multiple other people it's hard for them to develop real relationships it's hard to trust in general i think there's a mistrust also sometimes in our legal system in the way that they care for our homeless youth in the way that lawyers choose to represent them or lack of representation um i think sometimes also there is a natural i think what's the word i'm looking for not adjustment but um adaptability to survival mode i think a lot of times kids who are exposed to dangerous or harmful things are able to survive but they're not living so in their mind it's like we're doing everything we can to make sure we eat We got clothes on our back, and we have somewhere to live. And that's not a bad thing at all. But I think within that is trauma that's undealt with. And so it doesn't allow their spirit. It doesn't allow them as a person. It doesn't allow their minds to be able to think of alternative things because they just haven't had the space in their life to do that. Um, So I think also sometimes, sometimes it's just milder things like, their hygiene like just learning how to take care of yourself learning how to maintain your sexual health so knowing when to check in at the doctor when something is going on versus you know trying to just i'm, I'm just gonna sit it out and <laughs> you know like um i think i think a lot of it just really is that trust honestly trust and just being able to love properly love and also just see the world with light versus darkness you know i think sometimes when we go through trauma we just see the world as a shitty and we just navigate through the idea that the world is always going to be shitty so i'm just going to do what i can to just stay above versus what what does my life look like if i changed this perspective or even more so change my environment and i think also there's that struggle of not knowing you can change your environment you don't have to be somewhere you don't want to be. And it's, of course, easier said than done. But I think that also comes back with being able to trust our legal system, being able to trust K 
case managers, being able to trust that there's people that really care about you and want to support you, to then be able to to rest and be like, okay, let me try what Catherine's saying to do. Let me try what Hezekiah is offering over here. Let me just... Let me. What does it feel like to even just go for a walk without a destination? You know what I mean? Like to sit and just enjoy your environment. I think those are like things that when you experience trauma like that, it's very hard to to access. But in the end, that's why it's so important. I feel like places like us or just even having a good plethora of people in your life that care about you, like for real, for real they're able to open up your world and open up your eyes in a way that you haven't before so that way you can address your trauma and not only necessarily i try to tell my i try to tell my clients with trauma um not so much to get over it but to get through it it's okay to acknowledge that something happened to you and it's okay to revel not revel in it but it's okay to sit in it because you have to get through it if you go over it you haven't addressed it You've just gone over the hump. It doesn't mean that the hump's still not there. But if you go through it, you can figure out what that hump is. You can lay it out. You can put flowers in it. You can, Whatever it is, but it's still something that you can acknowledge that happened to you, but you know what it is, and you know what it feels like on the other side working through it versus being avoidant and not going back to it. Because it's always going to come back to you. Some, if something happens to you, you always remember how you feel about it in the future feels differently. But if you've never addressed it, then it's always going to be the same pain. That's crazy. So I'll just tell someone that I, like a little one close to me, I'll tell them, like, you could deal with your situation, but if you don't accept and deal with the situation, you're yeah. kind of going to be stuck. Yeah, because it's, it's like, okay, you, it's kind of like, it's kind of like you see something on the floor and you're like, I know it's there, but I'm I'm not, it's okay, I'm just walking by it. Versus if you pick it up, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you see it, but you also acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. You realize this is real in your life. But you're also making a choice to fix something for yourself. That's for the betterment of yourself. Or even if it's just your environment, you mm-hmm. know? Right. Um, what are other resources are, like, available to assist these children? Like, drug-wise or exploitation-wise? Um, definitely transitional living programs. Um, I'm mm-hmm. a prime example. Um, I've been dealing with some of you for years, ever since my first homeless situation. So it's kind of like you don't know it's going to work till you actually are persistent, consistent with yourself. Like, so, and there's a difference between the two. So once you individualize the two, so it's like, yeah, I'm going to these appointments, but what am I doing on my own time to secure what I'm going for and yeah. stuff like that? So that I offer it TLP programs yeah. and I got my own apartment now, so it's possible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely TLP programs. I think youth agencies in general are really great because whether you're accessing them for literal support and crisis services or just having a safe space like just to chill like you can make friends or just there's adults there that are willing to listen to you Mm -hmm. i think um there's multiple at least in our area multiple health um support services whether it be for check-ins for sexual health if you mental health um there's I really encourage kids to do youth programs. So, like, if it's an after-school program, if it's joining a sport, if you're old enough to get a job, try getting a job if you want to. Um, but, yeah, it's really just... It's, honestly, there's there's so many things that... There's so many places and people and agencies that 
youth can access is just being able to just generally access them, accessing them, knowing where they are, who are the contacts, what do they do, how do they service. I think once people are able to just know that information, then it kind of op- it kind of helps them blossom and open up to new ideas. And just like Hez was saying, like it allows you to go into certain spaces that are able to prepare you for new new choices in your life, new things in your life. Even if the smallest thing is just knowing what it feels like to be stable, <laughs> you know. So like our TLP programs, like those are transitional living programs where youth can come and stay. What is it like up to eighteen months, right? Hans? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, where they can learn how to live independently, and that includes life skills if they want to work, balance, learning how to balance life with work and school. Like there's tons of programs that assist youth and people in general that do things like that it's just being able and also ready because i think sometimes too with that we can also find the services but if we're really not ready to accept that we need help it kind of just falls into it kind of just falls on deaf ears and not to be personal with myself but i'm the type of person who i don't ask for help like i literally just die before i ask for help so yeah you kind of gotta be open with you gotta be open with somebody else to what you need and what you want for yourself like you kinda can't be oh yeah I need help and be stubborn it's being vulnerable again it's like you're so used to you've been vulnerable and you see what you've experienced what it feels like when someone takes advantage so now you're coming back wanting support but it's also like you're geared up with all this armor in case someone throws some BS at you Mm -hmm. but it's also like you have to be willing to take the armor down for us to get to where we really need to be and, and it's scary. Yeah. It that shit is scary because you don't know. It's literally just taking a chance. It's the same thing as like being in a relationship, high key. Like yeah. with your case but like with your case manager. It's being okay with the fact that like you may hear some things that you're not ready to hear, but it doesn't mean that it's not truth in it. It may be us exposing or pu- pulling a trauma out of you that you've buried long into your the depths of your brain, right? And someone is that, there's that one thing that triggers that, and it's an immediate response, right? But I think it's the, you have to be vulnerable to trust that there's goodness that's going to come out of that. It's just kind of hard to be vulnerable with someone that really wants to help you. Little do you know when you're on the other side, because it's like, how can I put it? When you come from your home with your parent, siblings, and all that, and you got hurt there, those are the people that are supposed to love you. Like, mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying? Let's be real a-hole technical. They're supposed to. So when you're not getting that at home, yeah, you could go outside yearning for this and that, but it's not naturally really going to be the same as a yeah. love from your mom, a love from your father, or you know what I'm saying? Yeah, or people that are trafficking you are going to give you the best copycat version of that. Mm-hmm. And it may not be the same, but they're going to say and do the things that you wished your parents or your immediate family was able to do. But the difference is that when them doing that, there's an expectation that you're going to love them back the way that they expect you to love them back. And that could be either you're selling yourself for sex, you're pushing the drugs that they need you to push, you're, if you are the driver in a getaway, be on it, you know? And it's, and it's again, it sounds crazy, but unfortunately, that's how kids are preyed on because there's people that are able to access their needs and support them. But really, the support is with the intention that you're going to follow through. If you scratch my back, I'm going to scratch yours. But by the way, I want my foot rubbed too, by the way. So it's uh-huh. kind of like 
you yeah and if you they don't want rub, their cake and then if you too. don't rub my foot don't expect to eat tonight yeah you see how they still get their wants from preying on your mm-hmm. lack of needs so and it starts small sometimes sometimes it could just be like hey can you can you run to the store for me okay sure and then you're like hey i'm this is way better than what i was coming from right all he asked me to do is like run to the store or like make a quick dollar here and there but then as you keep being consistent and you hang out with people that store run might become a house run mm-hmm. that house run might become a hotel run and hey it's, it's I, also kind of hard too for a youth in that particular situation to see what i would call the paradise of their situation which is a better at everything because when they see the bare minimum of, okay, this is a little bit better than what I was going through, they kind of stay stuck there and accept that when it shouldn't be the case. But it's kind of hard to tell them that, like, it is better, but they've been at the bare minimum for so long, mm-hmm. still being drained, but they're unconscious about it. And it's like, you know, you kind of should get out of that. That's You're pretty much in the same predicament, just it's not as bad. And if it's not as bad, it's still bad because it's still got bad in it, so kind of got to get out the bare minimum of accepting that it is better yeah yeah that makes total sense um those were all the questions i had so i appreciate you guys Uh, um i was gonna say too that it is important to know though that i think that people should know that kids do try though they do try to get out of situations that they know are not safe or unstable i think the issue that comes with that is the fact that like if you don't have anywhere else to go then you fall back into it so it's like for example like sometimes you know how we get kids that come to shelter Mm -hmm. or in those situations and they're like i'm trying to leave and get out of that and i'm here but maybe they're not ready for counseling maybe they're not ready for case management maybe they're not ready to just live by certain rules and regularities Mm -hmm. that they're they weren't used to for a while and so they're like "Uh, no i don't want to do that so then they go back to where they're trying to escape because in their mind, where else am I going to go? Where else am I going to do? Like, this situation seems okay, but they're trying to monitor me. They're trying to make me do this. They're trying to have me do that. And I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that. I'm just going to go back to my situation because at least I know I know how to survive over there. I know how to to talk, how to walk, how to do whatever to make sure I wake up the next day. And with all that, it's really no process because that's kind of like, I would call free world movement. You just do it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? With doing better, it's a process. And everything has to happen in a timely manner. So people pretty much got to be more patient with themselves. And if they want better, you got to be patient with the process. Yeah. And also be okay with the fact like you, you may just not get it. Yeah. Like there's certain situations that we encounter servicing youth that we're like, we have never been through that before. So I don't know what to tell you, to be honest, because I don't I don't have that expertise. I've never been through it. But the most that I can do is acknowledge your experience. I can support you in that, meaning more so letting you know that, like, this is real and it happened to you. And maybe it didn't happen to me where I can't relate, but it doesn't mean that it's not important and that it's not valid. Mm-hmm. It's just now, like, okay, no situations, like... We're not versed in this. Let us find someone or something or an agency or whatever that gets that for you. And it's okay to also be okay with that. It's okay if you don't know. It is. Like, I would rather, and I feel like most kids are like this too, I would rather you be up front with me and be like, I've never been through that. I don't know how that feels. I don't know what that's like. But I'm here with you versus 
Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I've heard of that one time. Because it's like, okay, but you don't get it. You don't feel it. You don't, you don't understand really the depth of what kids are sitting with with that. So if you don't know, it's okay you don't know. But then it's also to be like, because I don't know, let me find you somebody who does know. Mm-hmm. Let me find somebody who gets it for you. And sometimes that does include you as a case manager or as a social worker or whatever stepping out and being like, hey, listen, I'm with you, but I don't have it for you. And I don't want you to be without. Mm-hmm. So let me find somebody who got it for you. And that's also, again, it goes back to the trust because they may feel like, no, if it's not you, I don't want that. I don't need that. I'm, I'm not doing it. But you also have to be okay with letting them know, like, yo, I get it. But trust trust me that I trust them, you know? Mm-hmm. And showing a troubled youth the right thing to do could be kind of hard in some cases because people are so quick to tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. It's a difference between showing them, you know, you could show somebody something, but you can't. It's like leading the horse to water, Yeah, you can't make them drink. And if you really want that horse to drink it, you kind of can't force them. You know what I mean? You could just show them, and they kind of got to be an individual and make the choice for themselves. Yeah, that's pretty much what we do here. Like, we, we just, with our youth, we try to let them make their own decisions. Whether it's the best decision or not, of course, we're we're here. We're, we're real people. Like, you know, we wouldn't want to encourage them to be in dangerous situations. But we also get is life, and we're not living the life you're living. So if push come to shove, if you're not ready, because sometimes kids aren't ready. Some kids find a silver lining in being trafficked. It could be money, it could be clothes, it could be food, it could be whatever. It could be support, it could be family, whatever. They'll find a silver lining and maybe they're not ready and that's okay. It's also, it's as hard as it is, it's okay to let them know that like, I'm here. When you're ready to make this step, we'll make that step together. But in the meantime, just check in with me, for me especially, I try to tell all my clients, at least check in with me once a month. And it could be absolutely nothing going on. They could be having the grandest time of their life. But it there's also moments where they're vulnerable. So it could, something could switch in an instant that puts them right back. So for me, it's just important to be like, listen, I just want to know you're okay, you're alive, and if you need me, you know where I'm at. Mm-hmm. But if you're good, I trust that you're good. And even though I know they could be doing some wild stuff, <laughs> like wild, if they're telling me I'm okay... I have to trust that they're okay. But it's also me developing that rapport so they trust me enough to let me know when they're not okay. And then it's like, okay, now we got to make moves. So, I don't know. Take 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 that what you will, but I, if it helps at all, it's just, it also protects your peace of mind because it's easy for us to be so, like, our hearts are, like, so involved because we don't want to see kids out here homeless, hungry, having drug dependency you know that's that's tough but it's life and i think i feel like for us it's more so just letting them know like yo when you're ready we ready we coming in guns a blazing just just say our name we up <laughs> mm-hmm. but if you're not ready that's okay just know we in the back if you need us and that's just that's kind of how we have to support them i think that's the best way to support them because it allows them autonomy in their life it allows them to grow and change and see what's happening Versus someone like has said, always telling you what to do, when to do it, how to do it, why to do it. It doesn't have any value in it because it's just you pretty much just being a robot. Versus if you're allowing yourself to feel, if you're allowing yourself to go through things, if you're allowing yourself to get through trauma, 
then you're able to come out on the other side and say, okay, now I know what I want. Mm-hmm. Now I know what's happening to me. Now I know this is what I need or this is what I don't need. It's all about projection. Mm-hmm. How are you going to project it to them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate you guys taking the time. Appreciate you. Yeah, we appreciate you. Thank, Thank you for you. coming. Thank Thanks you. For of course.